On behalf of the Western Occupational Health Conference Planning Committee, I invite you to our 2021 conference in Phoenix, Arizona, this September 29th through October 2nd for an in-person uh, educational event and networking. You'll participate in educational content on current topics in occupational medicine, and you'll meet our amazing speakers, such as Allison Steinbach, a journalist with the Arizona Republic, who will share with us her experience in covering the COVID-19 pandemic. Allison will offer ideas on how public health can amplify its message as a member of a panel discussion during the After the Pandemic plenary session. Here's a glimpse of a meeting with Allison Steinbach in planning this interactive session. Can you just maybe, I'm going to ask you if, uh, just to give maybe 30 second answers to, to these, like how do you see your relationship and your duties to your, to your readership? Yeah, I think um, particularly during COVID, I think we did our absolute best to really inform and provide the latest, what we thought was the most important information that people needed to know, because this was something that was really impacting everyone's life to some degree in different ways. Um, but we really wanted to do our best to share information as we were learning it and verifying it and talking to trusted sources and really providing that to the public. Um, and that was on a range of topics that constantly changed and information constantly changed. So it, there was always a lot going on. Um, but we really did our best to sort of sift through what we thought were the most important things that people needed to know and tried our best to provide that really as, as a public service. Cause a lot of people, when the health director says something, they're not going to hear it, but they're going to, they're going to see it if they pick up the newspaper or if they see it on our website um, or if they see it elsewhere in the media. And that's really, I think how a lot of the uh, messages were, were getting to people. Um, so we really did our best to provide information. We, we tried um, not to kind of, we tried to walk the line, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of fear um, out there and a lot of like sensationalism. And we tried to really just stick to the science and the facts and what people need to know to sort of keep themselves and their families and communities safe. Do most of your colleagues have those values? I mean, those values sound terrific to me, but. I would say, um, yes, I think I don't, I can't speak to other, um, outlets, but I would say at our paper, I think people really do have those values. Obviously, we have opinion reporters who can write opinions and, and say things that we would never feel comfortable reporting, um, just because those are COVID um, became very politicized and masks, masks became political and closing, closing any type of business or school, it all just became very, very political and, and people tend to um, get really fraught and, and defensive and excited and, and all the adjectives about their political beliefs. So I think when stories sort of related to that, that's when things were most controversial. I remember we would early on, I think mask wearing guidance changed and there was always new data. And even in Arizona, people were, the health officials were saying that people didn't really need to wear masks. And then all of a sudden that changed. And so I know like masks is just one example of something that became so controversial. We also explored the information sharing relationship between public information officers, PIOs, and the media. So we would interact with them very often. 
most frequently, I would say, at sort of county and state health departments, because we were just in, in very regular communication with them. So those PIOs were sort of most important for us for a lot of stories, but we also worked with hospitals and other healthcare partners and, and things like that. But and so, yes, there are varying levels of responsiveness and helpfulness. And I think that depends in part on the individual, in part on the government structure behind them, whether they want to be super helpful or not. So, but we definitely have some, some good relationships with a lot of PIOs, which was essential to, to us being able to give information out sort of quickly. And so it was relevant and important. How does the PIO build that relationship with you? I mean, my sense, by the way, that we're sort of looking for the dirt here in, in, in a way in this, in this whole session. You know, what can, what can people do better next time? And my sense is that there were probably lots of government agencies and even business PIOs where the PIO could have done way better. Yeah, the most helpful thing is just to respond and to respond quickly. And I know that's really hard because they were probably constantly bombarded with media requests and emails and phone calls. But that was just always the most helpful for us when we knew we could reach someone and they would say they're working on an answer or they would give us an answer. Just that sort of sense of a timeline and relationship was really important for us. Is there a lesson for PIOs that you could give? We found it's often really helpful when they will talk on the phone rather than just emailing, which some will do and some just don't really like to work that way as much. But it was often much faster and we could get get more information and ask follow-up questions right then. Um, and that was just usually an easier way, probably on both ends, faster for them to, to work like that. Hey, Allison, I'm curious if if you think that they view this as a view it as a two-way relationship. So by asking questions, does that help provide the office, the, the agency or the office with an understanding, oh wait, our statement, our messaging is not clear. We need to clarify these things. We need to build some FAQs, whatever the case may be, so that people understand the what we're trying to the message we're trying to convey better. Um, or is it more adversarial uh, in some ways? Um, I think it, it depends on the story. Um, so some things they might view as adversarial, but often, especially in, in the pandemic, we were really just, for so many stories, just trying to get the information out there and sort of share, share important information. And government agencies can put out a press release, but it's not going to have as wide a message as when a bunch of reporters are looking into the topic and, and putting out articles and, and stories on it. So I think, I think they know that and they know that we're partners and it is a two-way relationship. And we also, throughout the pandemic, we're constantly getting questions from readers. So we had a sense of what the public was like asking, what people were concerned about, what people wanted to know more about. And then we were able to ask the officials and other, other public health leaders those questions. And then they had a sense of sort of what people needed to know or ways that they needed to maybe tailor their messages based on kind of what, what people were understanding. So I think definitely, definitely it's a two-way relationship. Did it happen? So here you are telling the public health PIO, you know, everybody wants to know X, Y, Z. When are you going to get a, an answer on that? 
Well, it did happen sometimes that we would ask a question and then they would put out a press release on the topic. And it was probably just to like scoop us so that they could look like they were on top of it before we wrote about it. My worst nightmare if I ever have to do a correction, you know, that's the last thing I want to happen. You know, I read every sentence like 10 times um, to try and check over all the facts and notes and, and, you know, we're really trying to get everything right. But it doesn't happen all the time, not because of ill intent, at least in my experience. We don't want to get things wrong. And if we do, we want someone to tell us so we can fix it. It's a really important message, Allison. I hope you can bring that into your talk in September. Okay. It, no, it's good to hear because I think without having that framework or that glimpse, we don't know where the errors come from. And but to know that, you know, your duty to your profession is to look over things many, many, many times to get it right, that for you to have to issue a correction is like the worst thing possible. I think that resonates with all of us, you know, in medicine, as we practice, there's certain things that we absolutely do not want to happen in our own profession. And so I think to hear it in the way you phrased it, I think is helpful. Yeah. And that goes back sort of on, on the front end with PIOs and spokespeople, like they can do some of the mitigating any possible issues on the back end by sort of being responsive and helping provide that information and answering questions and, and answering follow-up questions, that kind of thing. Yeah, I hope you may, like I said, give, us, give a little lecture to the PIOs who may hear this session, or people who have influence with their PIOs. Yes, well, they do try hard, and I do not envy them their job of getting bombarded with I questions know. all the time. I mean, I know they're caught in the middle because they, you know, their agency has to look good. On the mm-hmm. other hand, they got to help the reporter. Well, I mean, I sold on this. And thing. here, Allison Steinbach shares one of her highlights from the past year in reporting on the COVID-19 pandemic. Oh, man. I don't know. I really, it was a really special opportunity to get to, to work so closely with our healthcare reporter. You know, so much of what I was doing before was just me working by myself. Um, so it was really exciting to join forces. I don't know. I think starting to write about the vaccine was was really a highlight and was really exciting and getting to talk to people who were so excited that they were going to be able to start vaccinating people to get the vaccine themselves to, you know, the amount of times they heard the phrase light at the end of the tunnel, but like really that's what it was. Um, and, and writing about how many deaths were occurring and just the toll on our state and, and beyond. Um, that was really a highlight to be able to focus in on something that that was seeming to be really positive. I think that's a lovely theme, Allison. I, I mean, I think if you could say those words that, you know, you kind of felt the heartbreak of your state and then you saw this nice, some, some positive, that's a very nice story in itself. Thank you for sharing that highlight. Thank that's you. great. We hope you've enjoyed this glimpse into one of the many topics that we will discuss at WOHC 2021 after the pandemic. Register for the live conference at www.woma.org. That's www.woema.org and reconnect with your occupational medicine community in Phoenix, Arizona this September 29th through October 2nd.